Welcome back, fight fans, to the Shadow Fight Podcast. How the hell are y'all doing today? Uh, been a while since we had our last little podcast here. Uh, but by the way, what's the date today? Where are we at? March 6th. Wednesday? Monday? Tuesday? Monday. <laughs> Monday, March 6th. I apologize, guys. The last couple of weeks uh, have just been absolute craziness. Uh, you know, events every weekend and... Uh, we've had some issues with staff and some staff meetings and making some changes at the gym and uh, updating my podcast gear. So I don't know if there's a, a difference for you guys. I'm hoping it sounds a little bit better, but uh, I'm definitely rocking some new gear here. So I'm glad uh, we were able to make that happen. I'm, I'm glad WestJet was able to make that happen. <laughs> uh, okay, guys, in this one, um, uh, lots of the John Jones fight, obviously, we'll talk about that. Excuse me, along with some a lot of Muay Thai that happened around the world as we creep up to the Muay Thai World Cup around where I'm at in Calgary. But before we get there, please make sure if you are a real one, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. And uh, if you at, even at all like the podcast, even a smidgen, just make sure you please uh, hit that like hit that like button. And as always, hit us with five stars. Why would you give anybody three? You know, don't, don't, don't put that thought that much thought into it. It's either a one or it's a five. And if you've done all the all the work to, you know, click on it and listen and all that good stuff just hit me with a five one one come on <laughs> so five star review all the way to the right they all light up we all look pretty they look pretty i'm pretty you're pretty and it's it's just a hell of a day five stars let's do it okay guys um i've been getting quite a few messages uh regarding uh our awesome famous commentator that's going to be part of the muay thai world cup on march 25th the one the only mr Vinny shoreman uh, I appreciate all the messages I got about people like, wow, you get to commentate with him and commentate with him. And, and uh, I'm trying to be coy and be like, oh, yeah, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. But uh, <laughs> I'll tell you what. I knew about this since August. And uh, I was in a restaurant. I was, out, you know, gallivanting, doing my thing. And I was out in a restaurant and I was having a bite to eat. And uh, uh, I don't know, beef dip and french fries or something, maybe something like that. Anyway, who cares? And uh, so I got I got a video and it's different than the one that we've all seen in public. Um, the, the one that we got, the one that's been passed around is uh, way better. So the one I got, just, just the video wasn't so good. But, you know, he, you know, he says, I'm going to be you know, coming to Canada, ringside with Jason Bryant. And I'm like, oh, come on. I, uh, I was so stoked. I bit my phone. Sorry, I needed a half second to be I'm not sure if I wanted to admit that. That I bit my phone, just trying not to be like, and then... Uh, while I was biting my phone, I decided to put some vinegar on my French fries. But while I was watching this video and getting all wound up and be like, holy shit, you know, um, I didn't realize that what I squirted on my fries, I started eating anyway. So I, so I put vinegar on my fries and I started eating my fries. I'm like, why the hell do my French fries taste like a hospital? Like, what the hell's going on? And uh, I just kind of, you know, and I look at the vinegar and without paying attention, I completely sprayed my French fries with hand sanitizer. <laughs> but, I mean, no, of course, the next question I always get is, how the hell do you make that mistake? Well, you know those, like, plastic, you know, like, squirty bottles, you know, that they have, like, you know, mayonnaise and ketchup and, you know, whatever, sub sauce and all that, <laughs> whatever in. Uh, it came in one of those, like a ketchup squirter, you know, the, the, the red thing with the, the, the pointed red top and the yellow for mustard? Well, it was clear. Like, I don't know about you guys, but when I go to a fish and chip restaurant, usually when I see clear liquid at your table in one of those things, you assume it's vinegar. No. No. Don't get me wrong. If I would have read it, it said hand sanitizer right on it. <laughs> I just grabbed it and freaked out and squirted my uh, my french fries. So then the next thing I always get is, well, how the hell did you get out of that one? Well, I pretended I uh, had a work phone call and I, had, I needed my bill. <laughs> I was too embarrassed to tell them that I squirted my french fries with hand sanitizer. So I just paid my bill and left. And uh, I didn't eat my french fries. <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, there's my fun little... So when I when I found out that Vinny Shorman was coming... Now, listen, I've met Vinny Shorman once... Oh, twice, actually. In New York City, he was cornering a guy... I'm, I'm, I'm assuming it was his student from the UK. Oh, man, what was that guy's name? Simon Burgess? Do I got that right? Dang, Jay, you're on it if you do. So he used to hold a fight card in uh, New York City. And I went down there to help corner a friend. And... Uh, uh, it, I was a little taken by just the New York energy, you know, just everyone there is just, just pretty brash, pretty, you know, n no mixing of words or intentions. And I was a little taken by that. So I think, to be honest, Vinny 
saw me a little worried or, or overwhelmed. And uh, he helped me warm up the, the guy I was there to help with. It wasn't even my fighter. I was just there to help. And uh, you could just see that in him and uh, that he saw that in me. And that stuck with me for a while. And to be honest, I don't know if he, he's, he's a funny guy. But uh, every mirror, every single mirror that we ran into, like for, for the two days of the fight card, he would always, oh, oh looking good, mate, looking right, Vince. And, uh, you know, fix his tie or his shirt or whatever. Dude, he didn't miss. He didn't miss that whole weekend. He was brilliant. <laughs> so he left a very big impression on me uh, while I was in New York City uh, helping out. And uh, um, anyway, so um, many, 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 many years later, uh, I go down to the uh, CSA Coaches Clinic down at in uh, Dublin, California under Kieran Fitzgibbons. And... Uh, um, Vinny Shorman's doing, uh, he's got like a, uh, what do you call it? Like a block, I guess. Yeah. Like, like a, a block for, you know, um, sort of mind coaching and, and, the, and the mental aspect of fighting. And I was really interested in that as well as Liam Harrison and Damian Alamos and, and, uh, you know, uh, coach Padman McGriff, just, just, you know, having a, an hour or two of their time. Um, I was going to make it for sure. And I did, it was great, great weekend. But, uh, so that was my second time, and uh, by that point, uh, Mr. Shorman's been on, you know, the Joe Rogan podcast, and, uh, you know, it, it definitely, uh, if, you're in, if you're in the Muay Thai-ish kind of industry, you, you, for the most part, probably know who Vinny Shorman is, if not, you know, MMA, Muay Thai, kickboxing, boxing, um, because he's also a hell of a commentator, too. For those who didn't don't know, he used to commentate with Kieran Kettle, shout out to Kieran, way back in the day, on the uh, It's Showtime cards uh, down in, what was that, in Holland or whatever? Um I guess that was right before Glory. Is my, I think I got that right. Who knows? But uh, so Kieran and, and Vinny have been doing commentating for a really long time, and I remember and, and and like the best. I mean, they were they were. I always saw them virally, uh, going viral. Virally is that a thing? I always saw them going viral uh, on social media, and I was always wondering, like, damn, how do you get a gig like that? Like, I thought that'd be pretty cool to do. And uh, wow, yeah, funny. here we are. Hey, I, I'm I'm on Kieran Kettle's promotion getting to work beside Vinny Shorman, like, like mind-blowing. Who the hell knew, eh? So, uh, so, so I've had a few, I have a little bit of uh, I, I'm face-to-face time introduction with Vinny. I don't know if that's right, but regardless, I'm, I'm really happy that this will be my, my whatever, third, third time being able to, to, you know, hang out with Vinny. It's a, he, he's so fun and so charismatic. And uh, his just presence alone is just so commanding. He doesn't do anything per se. He just, you'll see. You'll see, guys. You'll see. I'm really excited. Along with that, guys, um, listen, I, 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 I might be speaking too soon here, but right when I'm done this, I have a doctor's appointment. <laughs> and then I'm going to be sending Vinny a message. I am going to try my absolute damnedest to get a Vinny Shorman seminar at my gym. Okay? The, sometime, you know, a couple of days before or after the Muay Thai World Cup, I'm going to try to do this. All right. So I think I think to have somebody like Vinny, who's worked with the world's best, Liam Harrison, uh, Eddie Alvarez, uh, and, and, I mean, uh, those are just the people we know. I mean, for God's sakes, he's worked with so many champions, so many people. I'm sure outside of fighting as well. But uh, follow him on Instagram too, guys. He just just a lot of what he says is very real. At least how I feel, and when I'm having sort of some mental, you know, I guess weakness, maybe you could call it. I don't know, distortion, diarrhea. I don't know. Uh, Vin- Vinny's uh, Instagram um, speaks to a lot of about just the sort of stuff. I, not just me, but I'm, I'm assuming a lot of sort of like fightery people go through. But anyway, uh, it's pretty cool that a guy like that's going to come here. So I'm really going to try to take advantage of uh, having him uh, do a seminar. Who knows? He's here to, to work as well, but I'll, I'll see what I can do, all right? But again, I thank you guys a ton for the uh, uh, the support, guys, uh, um, um, for me being able to uh, uh, work beside Vinny Shorman. I can tell you that I'm I'm crazy. Uh, I'm privileged and I'm honored, and I'm trying to be coy about it, but God damn it, I'm stoked. All right. Let's get on to a, a couple events here. So March 11th, uh, is that this weekend? Yeah, uh, Monday. Yeah, this weekend. Uh, Ergy Martial Arts Center holding the United Strong uh, Women's Muay Thai Gala. Good luck. Shout out to Kelly and Jenna out of my gym, uh, training mostly under Chris McMillan, uh, who will be competing on that one. And uh, if you're tra- training under Chris, you'll be in good shape. March 18th, Branded Fighting Championship down in Lethbridge. I see uh, all sorts of matchups for that one as well. Uh, I don't I don't know if we if I they have a main event up yet. I don't I can't recall. But anyway, um, I believe that's being put on. I've said this all the time by uh, Progressive Fighting Academy. 
uh, I'm a fan of them. I'm a fan of the gym, and uh, you know, I've had Brad and Cody, you know, friends of the show. So go uh, Branded Fighting Championship if you're down in Lethbridge, or even if not, if you're in Calgary, head down there and uh, go watch some fights. Uh, March 25th, the big uh, Muay Thai World Cup, uh, Road to One Championship. Um, you know, at least for me, I mean, this is literally in my, I, I, you know, in my city. I can't wait. This is this is this is a big thing, and I've obviously being involved. I'm I'm you know putting a little extra into it, but who gives a sh- I can't wait. Can't wait. Uh, we're gonna be breaking down that card here. I think if not next week, maybe the week after. I'll see if I can get somebody in that uh, maybe has some sort of um, organization with the card. I guess you know, Karen, Karen, you out there? <laughs> That'd be cool if I could get him in. But uh, either way, it doesn't matter. We're gonna break down that card, and uh, I'm gonna get myself excited. Hopefully, a few more people excited to. Uh, uh, to be present for that fight card. And by the way, shout out podcast, proud sponsor of the Muay Thai World Cup. Um, uh, yeah, how can I not be? It's awesome. So we're, we're always a big supporter of the Muay Thai World Cup and always will be. March 31st, ultra white collar boxing in Calgary as well. So uh, this is for uh, a fundraiser for cancer research. So if you want to uh, uh, watch some, 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 well, I, I guess the real, I, I'm trying to find the words. I, I don't mean to be rude. I'm not trying to be. But these are people who aren't fighters, um, you know, per se. M- maybe thought of, of, of a dream of, hey, you know, I'd love to get in there and give it a crack one time. And gee, I don't know, and I don't know, I don't know. Well, these people have, uh, um, they, they found an avenue where they can do this. And not only that, but now they're going to raise money for cancer research. And you can, or you can help as well. Go and be part of it. Go watch. April 8th and 9th, the WBC Nationals here in Calgary. So that'll be, uh, I believe, the adults on the 8th and the kids on the 9th. I think that's how that works. Maybe it's the other way around. By 8th and 9th, uh, probably go to the Cup website just to double-check that. And uh, either, I'm not sure, the sign-up process, registration, or just go watch. You know, the, Go watch the future or, or the maybe not-too-distant future World Champions of Canada. Uh, and April 29th, Fists of Fury in Medicine Hat. I want to give a shout-out to Aiden, who will be fighting on that one. Um, training hard, getting ready, and... Uh, you know, um, Medicine Hat, uh, Face of Fury is always a great fight card. I love supporting those guys. Uh, all right, guys. Other than that, we're just going to roll right into the podcast, by the way. I don't, this, the intro, there's no need to stop it and start it again. I'm here. Let's just get into it. But in the meantime, what have I been watching? I've been watching uh, Muay Thai great uh, legend, golden era legend great, whatever, however you want to say it. Ole Kiat One Way. Ole Kiat One Way. He was uh, in the golden era of Muay Thai you know, that sort of 80s, 90s era, era. you know, and, t- and to be honest, this this is for another podcast, who's to say that uh, the golden era isn't right now even, or, or maybe a second golden era, but anyway, uh, he was he was one of the legends, the names, of the legend names, you know what I mean, of the golden era. So he was, w- when you think of the, the top names of the golden era, and there, boy, there's a lot of them, um, you cannot not mention uh, Ole Kia one way. Five foot seven, 123 pounds, uh, he was Lump, uh, Lumpini, uh, Lumpini Stadium champ. And uh, sorry, I just wrote down a couple of things here. I think it says here, lost his last five fights of his career. Um, so, yeah, I guess a guy like that might be time to might, uh, might be time to hang him up. But as I said, I mean, he, he is a legend amongst legends. He has beat legends, and he's a legend himself. He's fought Boon Lai Sortanical six times. He's fought the ring genius, Nam Kambuan. Uh, seven times, rest in peace to him. Uh, the original Superlek Sori Sarn, uh, Wang Chinoy. I mean, he, he's uh, Karuhats or Super One. You know, he, he's fought uh, uh, the legends. I mean, he's one of them, right? Now, his fight style itself, very, very elusive. He's got that lean back. Like a lot of his fights are highlights. You can see, man, he's got that lean back down and he, he gets it pretty deep. But uh, uh, very much that uh, Moy Femir fighter on the back foot know how to score points, knows how to protect leads. Um, um, and kind of had like the looseness of Samart Payakarun. Um, there seems to be like a, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to say this. So I'll just leave it alone. But anyway, Samart, you know, the man, the greatest, right? But uh, he's kind of got that, that loose shoulder sort of bounce and very elusive. So I'm very much a fan of the thinking man's fighters, the, uh, um, yeah, you know, the, the tactician, the game plan fighters uh, over the Smashers. Don't get me wrong, I love the Smashers. Who doesn't? But uh, I, I tend to be drawn to the game plan, the game plan kind of guys. So Ole Kia One Way is uh, what I've been watching. All right, guys, let's just get right into the podcast here. Um, okay, 
let's just get to the big the big fight on the weekend. So let's let's start with MMA this round. So UFC 285 in Las Vegas, John Jones versus Cyril Gunn in the main event. Um, John Jones. So the return of John Jones, hey? Man, there was that that was a fun, that was a fun return. Oh, sorry guys, I got a little coffee here. You're gonna have to give me a sec. I need one of those in the afternoon today. Anyway. Um the return of John Jones. It's been a while. I mean, I, I guess I yeah. Where do you start with this, right? The first thing you think of is, where could you have been without all this silliness outside of the ring? You know, I don't know. I don't. I'm not. I'm not him. I don't. I'm not his lawyer or whatever. But you know, there there was a lot of time in there where you feel like we didn't get to witness a lot of the greatness that is John Jones. Not it was or could be. He is man. John Jones is greatness, and uh, that sucks. That sucks. That anyway. So we were all excited, right? He blew up to heavyweight. I know I posted something about being <laughs> being comfortable in a relationship. Yeah, he uh, was looking a little soft around the midsection there, for sure. But, uh, man, so so one, no, uh, light heavyweight in the UFC is 205, and he fought at, what was he, like 240 or 248 on fight night. That is a lot of beef to put on. Like, I was definitely curious um, about this fight. I wanted Cyril, well, two things here. I wanted Cyril gone to win because, uh, well, you know, um, he's a Muay Thai man. How can I not cheer for a Muay Thai man? But I also wanted John Jones to win because I'm not a huge fan for the most part. Like everybody else is with his, you know, just bullshit. <laughs> you know, there's, just, there's always something going on, right, with John Jones. There's always an asterisk. And, uh, but however, I wanted him to win just so I could see people, oh, picograms, oh, cocaine or whatever in the car, just just stop being a baby. And just like peop, watching people freak out for no reason. So, <laughs> so for that reason, I kind of wanted John Jones to win. Now, I would say talking to everybody in general, the consensus was pretty split from what I could tell. Now, don't get me wrong, I didn't take any national survey or survey 10,000 people, but it sounded like... Uh, a lot of people were hoping Cyril Gon would win, and uh, that makes sense, I suppose. Why? But, but I, I, I think that's only because he's just the guy we've been fighting. And John Jones, you know, used to be light heavyweight, now he's heavyweight, and blah blah blah. But I, uh, I, I guess I kind of, for the most part, saw it going down the exact way it did. Now I'm no UFC expert. I mean, shit, I barely watch as is, but I'll watch the good ones. But. Uh, I just, uh, I just didn't see how that wasn't going to happen. I mean, John Jones is a bad dude. Forget, forget the stand up in the elbows. I mean, on the ground, right? Like, I and and Cyril Gon just, uh, I think I said it on a few podcasts. Like, uh, Cyril Gon and and no offense to any grappling or grandmas and grandpas, by the way, you you handle yours. But uh, just looked like Cyril Gon and Francis and Gon who looked like, uh, you know, like two very two a, a very elderly couple trying to figure out how to have sex. Like, it just, it was awkward. You could just tell, like, hey man, are you are you supposed to like, like be there? <laughs> so, I know that's not nice to say, but, but uh, I guess I, in the, in the comparison, right? I mean, when you look at that, John Jones must have just been laughing, and uh, boy, he just made short work of Cyril Gone. But anyway, uh, not much of a fight to talk about, was it? But uh, in the meantime, check this out. So let's start with Cyril Gone. Cyril Gone, thirty-two years old, from France, six foot five, two hundred and forty-eight pounds, eighty-one inch reach. Uh, 11 wins, two losses, five KOs, three submissions. In Muay Thai, he was 13 and 0 with nine nine KOs. Um, so obviously a Muay Thai beast. And he also beat uh, Yassin uh, Bouganem, who is we I talked about him on an earlier podcast. Uh, been when I was watching uh, Yusuf, his bro- uh, bro- uh, younger brother, older brother, Yusuf Bouganem. And uh, uh, Yassin was a you know many time world champion, very very overweight. And a matter of fact, I think he's dropped several weight classes. Um, um, I don't even know if he's fighting, to be honest. But uh, anyway, uh, Yassine Bouganem carried a, a, a few titles and uh, and a good last name for sure. So that that's uh, that's noteworthy. His MMA debut was in 2018, and uh, for a Canadian MMA promotion, TKO. That is old school Canadian TKO. That's where like I don't know about well, no, not anymore. And again, I I'm not nearly as in the scene as I was. But back in the day, early 2000s, I suppose. Um, if you were in the UFC and you were Canadian, you pretty much went the TKO route. You started at TKO and then you got picked up in the UFC. And so, like, that's where GSP, you know, uh, fought Pete the Secret Weapon Sprat, you know, name drop there. And I think that's what propelled him into the UFC. Um, 
Jonathan Goulet. I'm just I'm just trying to think here. Anyway, um, that's an old school promotion. That was that was the sort of premier promotion in Canada way back in the day. Um, so that's pretty cool that Ngannou fought for that and also fought uh, Edmonton's uh, Tanner uh, Bozer. Um, that was UFC, yeah. He fought uh, Jarzinho, Rosenstrike, Alexander Volkov, Derek Lewis, Francis Ngannou, tied to Ivasa. So even though he's, uh, like I said, his MMA debut was in 2018, that wasn't all that long ago, plus a bunch of baloney in the middle of it. Um, so, you know, fairly new to the MMA game per se, but those are some excellent names. And uh, two-time performance of the night, uh, fighter of the night awards. And uh, funny enough, used to be Francis Ngannou's teammate back in the day before their whole UFC run when uh, Francis was fighting a little more locally. Uh, word on the street is that uh, they were teammates. <clears throat> now, I had to squeeze that in for, I have this written down on one page, for John Jones's stats here. So let's get through this real quick. So 27 and 1, 10 KOs, 7 submissions, so, so 17 stoppages, 35 years old, 6 foot 4. Uh, he came in, I, I, I wasn't sure what I heard. I, I thought I heard 240, might have been 248, but he was either 240 pounds or 248 pounds when he stepped on the scale. Um, funny enough, you know what's crazy? This guy's been stripped of the light heavyweight title three times. That's amazing. <laughs> like, you know, I look at Francis and Ganu. I want to get paid more and I want some of these and I want some health insurance. And then Dana White currently is, you know, you're never, ever going to fight in the UFC again. But John Jones, you get, you know, you know, you cheated a little bit. Ah, don't worry about it. We'll figure it out. You ran into a pregnant lady and then grabbed your cash and ran. Ah, you know, we'll figure it out. Oh, you don't want to fight because you're not getting paid enough. Ah, you know, we'll figure it out. <laughs> uh, 11 title defenses, John Jones. Uh, the longest light heavyweight reign as champion, 1,501 days. Uh, he's the eighth multi-division champion, UFC champion. So I was thinking about that, eighth. Like, man, there's been that many. There's got to be some back in the day. Here's the ones I can think of. I got, and by the way, that was cheating, by the way. Uh, McGregor, uh, Henry Cejudo, well, now John Jones, Daniel Cormier, GSP, and I'm just like, man, who am I missing? Because that's, if he's the eighth, I only, so that means I only mentioned one, two. That means I only mentioned four. He would be, you know, like five. So I'm missing three. I can't think of them. Anyway, if you know, shoot me a message. Try not to cheat, though. It makes it fun. Okay, guys. Uh, longest unbeaten streak uh, at 19 fights. Most consecutive light heavyweight uh, wins at 13. Most consecutive title light heavyweight title defenses at eight. Most title defenses... Oh, sorry, I, I don't know why I wrote that down twice. Uh, tied for most um, UFC title defenses at 11. Uh, tied with Mighty Mouse. Most UFC title fight wins at 15. Most UFC light heavyweight title wins. Longest light heavyweight time in the ring at 5 hours and 40 minutes. That guy has been in combat in his underwear in front of so many people for 5 hours and 40 minutes. My God. Most significant strikes landed in the light heavyweight division. 1,463 significant strikes. That's 1,463 times. Somebody definitely went, ouch, shit, that really hurt. God, that's a lot. Most strikes, period, in light heavyweight, 1,835. So you can see that a massive percentage of this guy's strikes are significant. High stake, uh, takedown defense percentage at 95%. Fourth most consecutive title defenses at eight. He's tied fifth for the most UFC wins. Uh, Four-time fight of the night bonus. Two-time submission of the night. Uh, KO of the night. Two-time performance of the night. Like, it's it's madness. Uh, you know, when, when, when I started going through those stats, writing some of this stuff down, you think, uh, how on earth do you not cheer for John? Or, or, or suspect, maybe not cheer per se, but how do you suspect he's not going to win? Um, and also going through that, you know, I realized that, uh, John Jones really is the greatest of all time, you know, at the little, his little post-fight speech, it sounded like a sheep, you know, a little bit, okay, I mean, I, I guess I'm not really sure the difference between a sheep and a goat, but, uh, I get, he, he's right, man, he, that guy is the greatest mixed martial artist of all time, um, pretty wild, <coughs> excuse me, so now it sounds like he's gonna fight Stipe next, which I truly do believe is a much harder fight anyway. And, uh, you know, Stipe is getting a little long in the tooth as well. I mean, he's not young. Uh, and I think coming off that pretty bad bad uh, um, loss from Francis Ngannou. But but uh, let's see what happens. I got. I wonder if this will turn into a wrestling. Who knows? Who cares? John Jones at heavyweight's fun, no matter who he's fighting. Okay. 
the co-main event, uh, Valentina Bullet Shevchenko versus Alexa Grasso. So a uh, real quick, Valentina Shevchenko, 35 years old. She was born in what is now uh, Kyrgyzstan, 5'5", five 125 five, pounds. She fought both bantamweight and flyweight. I think she was a champ in both. Um, lots of Taekwondo experience, Muay Thai, Judo. Uh, she's 2-0 and oh in boxing, 57-2 and two in kickboxing and Muay Thai. And I found this stat interesting. 57 wins, 2 losses with only 4 KOs. But in MMA, 27-4, and four, 8 KOs and 7 submissions. Uh, so her sort of finishing rate in MMA, now I know you can submit people, but is considerably higher than uh, um, kickboxing Muay Thai. Like that, that's, I, I guess when I see 57 and 2 or 4 KOs, you're probably light on your feet, you're collecting points, uh, maybe not, not looking for hardcore KOs, but she fights like that too. Like, and not in a bad way, by the way. Very, very technical, very clean. And, uh, uh, you know, why, why fight for the sake of fighting? That your job is to win, keep yourself in that winning percentage. Anyway. Um, lots of gold medals. I think eight at the uh, IFMA and IFMA World Championships Muay Thai we're talking now, as well as that's sort of little offshoots, you know, World Games, that kind of thing. Uh, mom is Her mom is a multi-time Muay Thai champ as well as, uh, like, national director where she's from. Uh, her name, Bullet, I found, I laughed at this uh, myself, but her, the name Bullet comes from her being 12 years old, KOing a 22-year-old opponent. And her speed in the ring and tenacity, she got, um, she got the nickname Bullet from her coach. So I went, oh, wow. And then, wait, wait, what, what? Why are you fighting, uh, number one, why are you fighting 22-year-olds when you're 12? And if you're 22, why are you fighting 12-year-olds? How do you, how do you, how do you come away with a win if you're 22? <laughs> like, like, either way, you're either beating up kids or you lost to a 12-year-old. Oh, that sounds awful. <laughs> but, you know, they, they, they do crazy stuff on that side of the world. Um, uh, she's beat Joanna young Jacek three times in Muay Thai. She's a seven-time defending UFC flyweight champ. Three-time performance of the night, tied for the most flyweight wins as well in UFC women's history at nine. Uh, most cons- uh, mm-hmm. most consecutive flyweight wins, also nine. Most title defenses in UFC women's history at seven. Most title wins uh, as well in the flyweight division. Most KOs in the flyweight division. And uh, most takedowns landed in the flyweight division at 35. Now, when I try to look up stuff for him, and by the way, all, all this is kind of uh, um, what I can find on, on you know, the Google and whatnot. Alexa Grasso, all I could really find is she's 29 years old from Guadalajara, five foot five, 125 pounds, 16 and three, four knockouts, two submissions. Uh, her MMA debut was in 2012 in Mexico, and she's now the first uh, women, uh, the first Mexican women's UFC champion. Um, that's all I could really find on her. I, 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 uh, I heard lots like, oh, her boxing, her boxing, her boxing, her boxing. But from my opinion, I guess. If you come from a heavy, heavy Muay Thai background, it's like, so? Boxing, okay. Watch out for the boxing. I mean, you, you probably have to say that for, like, every fight in Muay Thai. But uh, um, I, I didn't know a lot a lot about Alexa Grasso. I don't mean to be rude or anything like that. I just don't really follow women's MMA quite as much, let alone MMA to begin with. Here and there, for sure. Uh, for sure. But So I was just, of course, I'm very familiar with Valentina because due to Muay Thai and her long, long reign in the UFC. So Alexa Grasso, a little bit new to me, but uh, goddamn, new champ. A lot of people made money. She was quite a big underdog. And I think the UFC even posted a screenshot or someone, or maybe it was online, of uh, all her all her last fights, all the betting odds. And dude, she's always been by far the favorite. So uh, that's, the, that's what's so fun about the fight game, right? Like, uh, so she, um, Alexa Grasso submitted Valentina Shevchenko quickly jumped on her back and uh, sunk that it didn't it didn't look like uh, her arm like on the choke rear naked choke was under the chin but I mean I don't know if it, it doesn't matter um, if you're in some pain and someone's just crushing your face uh, that might be worth a tap <laughs> uh, so congratulations to her I, I see some even uh, uh, friends of the podcast people that, that listen uh, you know shout out to Wayne so you made a couple bucks cheering on Alexa Grasso there so congrats buddy uh, all right last one I wanted to talk about for this UFC was uh, Shavkat uh, Rachmanov, 17 and 0 now, 17 finishes. So he fought, uh, so he's, uh, uh, 28 years old from Kazakhstan, six foot two, 170 pounds. Um, I don't, uh, 17 and 0, eight KOs, nine submissions. He's the first Kazakh UFC fighter. And, uh, he fought Jeff, ne- uh, Jeff Neal. And I guess this was a rescheduled fight from, from, uh, I don't think even all that long ago, to be honest. 
And uh, Joe Rogan pointed it out as well that Jeff Neal was looking a touch soft. But but listen, this was a hell of a fight, and it was it was looking like he was going to a decision until like I think eighteen or seventeen seconds left. And uh, uh, Rachmanov just you know old just schoolyard choking from behind kind of thing. But uh, man, that that guy's something else. I know they keep talking about trying to set him up with uh, Hamza Chemeev, but I, I got I don't know. Maybe he's he's tall, obviously quite thin. Um, I know he now called for a title shot, but. I believe uh, Chimeyev has moved up to 185. And uh, so let's just see him. He's starting to get some... Uh, uh, Rachmanov is starting to get some notoriety at 170. So keep it going. Build your name. Become a champ. All that good stuff. And then take these super fights where, where there's more risk involved. I don't know nothing about nothing. Just my opinion. Oh, okay. Oh, one more one, one more to talk about here. Uh, this weekend as well, we have uh, Peter Yawn fighting. Peter Yawn's one of my favorite MMA fighters. I just uh, love his tenacity. He's mean. Uh, Peter Yan, no mercy. Peter Yan, thirty years old from Russia, five foot seven, hundred and thirty-five pounds, uh, bantamweight. Uh, I see him training a lot at a Tiger Muay Thai in Thailand. Sixteen wins, four losses, with seven KOs and one submission. And by the way, three, three of his, three of his four losses happened in his last four fights. Um, so two of them were by split decision. One was against Sean O'Malley, which I, I don't know how he didn't win that. Uh, Aljamain Sterling, which was another split decision. And then he got DQ'd by uh, kneeing Aljamain Sterling in the head. So that was uh, three. And then he fought. Uh, he lost to uh, Magomed, uh, Magomed Magomedov, who is now 17-1, but he also avenged that loss. So so Peter Yan avenged that loss. So uh, Peter Yan is the only guy to beat uh, Magomedov. So that's pretty impressive. Um, so yeah, besides that little sort of stint recently... Um, this guy's record is phenomenal. Uh, former bantamweight champ, three-time fight of the night winner, uh, tied for second longest bantamweight title reign or win streak. Sorry, uh, <clears throat> tied for the most knockdowns in the bantamweight division with ten. He shares that with Marlon Vera, um, and uh, made his MMA debut in twenty fourteen. A very boxing, you know, boxing heavy. I think that's why I like him. Besides, he's mean. He's got those proper hard Muay Thai kicks, and. Uh, just, I'm a big fan of in-type boxing. You know, just, just good type boxing, like Calvin Cater, uh, you know, Peter Yan. I'm a big fan of those kind of guys. And he's fighting um, Rob Devishvali, 32 years old. Yeah, I did mess that up. <laughs> From Georgia, not USA, but, you know, East Euro. Um, fights at a team, uh, Sarah Longo, New York. Five foot six, 135 pounds, 15 wins, four losses, three KOs, one submission. Um, now, I, 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 if you're asking me, I, I think Peter Yan runs away with this. Um, Devish Valley has beat he did beat uh, Jose Aldo in August 2022 so you know <clears throat> three quarters of a year ago and uh, although Aldo had a good run and was looking kind of having a uh, you know kind of found the fountain of youth um, yeah, he's on the end of his career for sure most decision wins in the Bantamweight division uh, and tied for the second longest win streak uh, in the division with uh, which he shares with uh, Ricky Simone and Brad Catone, I think. Sorry, guys, I wrote this down real quick. My bad. Um, but either way, um, I'm a. I, I don't really. The rest of the card doesn't interest me. But I'm a big Peter Yan fan, and uh, I'd like to see him be champ again. So, boom. There's your. Uh, there's your UFC talk. Oh, before before we uh, finish though, I did want to write things down since we're talking so much about uh, Mr. Jones here. Um, I wrote down. Let me just find it here, guys. Welcome to my day today. <laughs> um, I wrote down some fun facts about John Jones. No, I don't know where they are. Give me one sec. I bet, I, I bet I'll find them. In the meantime, we still got some fun fights to talk about. Okay, who cares? I had some cool facts about John Jones, but I guess they're not that cool that I could remember them. Let's move on to some Muay Thai stuff. So, um, I've been on this, and, and it's coming up again a lot lately. The Rajadamnorm World Series. So I'm under the impression, much like uh, one Friday fights, I think that's what they call them, the one Lumpini cards. Um, I think I got that right, unless those are separate things. I don't know. Anyway, uh, I think that, so they're fighting every Saturday in Rajadamnarn Stadium. Every <coughs> uh, Friday, Saturday, I th I'm sure, yeah, Saturday, uh, 8.05 p.m. So I think that's like, uh, you know, in the morning for us. So I don't know about what you, what you guys do, but uh, I'm up like 5.30 in the morning usually every day, so... I get to get up, have some coffee, and watch fights, live fights. Um, so now that, so I, I don't know about the time change. I guess I need to figure out how this works. 
Friday morning is pretty much all, always going to be one championship. So does that mean it's also going to be Ratchet Diamond? I'm just trying to think here. Or would that be a different time? Anyway, who cares? I get to watch live fights from Lumpini and Ratchet Diamond Stadium minimum once a week. I just put that together. That's a crazy-ass sentence. The Mecca, the, the Mecca of Muay Thai, Rajad Amnarn Stadium, Lumpini Stadium. Live fights, free, YouTube, around the world, no matter where you are, every Friday slash Saturday. That is awesome. Love it. Uh, by the way, their YouTube channel is called uh, Workpoint Official. Not the Rajad Amnarn World Series, but the, the channel that they, you know, like a local channel, like a hockey game kind of thing, right? Uh, local channel that they, they have them on. So that's uh, Workpoint Official. That's their YouTube channel. So the last one that just, <clears throat> excuse me guys the last one that just happened March fourth uh, so well, you know Friday Saturday whatever a couple absolute bangers of fights here um, Shadow Singham a win so he he just recently won the Rajat Emron World Series event twenty three years old five foot eleven hundred and forty eight ish pounds I always say ish with fighters Thai fighters boxers because they they you know bounce up and down Orthodox fighter so he's the current like I just said Rajat Emron World Series uh, champion as well as the one hundred and forty seven pound uh, Rajat Emron champ. Uh, he's fought Arkumpan. He's fought Sajad Venom Muay Thai to a draw, and we'll talk about him in a sec. Uh, Julio Lobo from Phuket Fight Club, and uh, unfortunately, his loss to uh, got knocked out by uh, Kulabdan. Um, he was pretty popular on the uh, one championship scene, uh, and he fought Riza Venom Muay Thai uh, from Iran. So I don't have a lot of information on Riza. Unfortunately, I, I can see that he's fought a ton of people. He's been around a long time. He's not new to this. And, uh, the, man, these guys, he's fought Pet Morricot. You know, that wasn't all that long ago. Uh, December? October? Anyway, not that long ago. And uh, uh, these guys got after him. And this was a hell of a fight, hell of a fight. Uh, Shadow Singamawin and uh, Riza Venom Muay Thai. Check that out. It, it's on YouTube. That was a great fight right till the end. Uh, we also had, they also had, we also had, everyone also had, Sajad Venom Muay Thai um, from Iran. 32 wins, 14 losses. Now, this guy's going viral like crazy. He's, he's slick. So he, even, uh, even from this event, his Y crew was, was beautiful, beautiful, just a very stylish, very um, lots of weapons in the toolbox. He can use them at the right time and make them look good. So very much the future of Muay Thai. 21 years old, 147 pounds, 5'11". Also fought uh, Yad Kumpan. Uh, like I said, had a draw with Shadow, uh, Singama win, Julio Lobo. And uh, Konkalai, so he's a WBC uh, world champ as well as the youth uh, IFMA world champ. And uh, I can't remember when that was. Uh, he was part of that 2017 maybe because he's quite young, like I just said, 21 years old. And he won, I think, the most outstanding youth or best technique of the tournament or something. So that's, that's something else. And uh, he fought uh, uh, Kong Sambo, I think was his name from Cambodia. Uh, 45 wins, 10 losses, and just uh, Sajad hit him with an up elbow. Uh, and, and just, yeah. Sent that poor soul uh, off on a stretcher, maybe. I can't recall, but but mangled him pretty good. Um, sorry, guys. I'm just trying to get my papers in order here. A lot of stuff to write down. Okay. Uh, also on that one as well, the uh, the Ratchet of an Art uh, Fight Card World's, uh, World Series. I, I don't know how it works. Is it always World Series? Is it just the tournament that's the World Series? Is it the Friday TV that's just the World Series? I don't know. Who cares? <coughs> But uh, it also featured Adam Noe, who trains, I believe, mostly out of Venom Muay Thai. Very slick fighter, good foot sweeps. Uh, and uh, Satan Fa, uh, who else? Very, very popular Thai at the moment. Um, so, Ratchet Emerald World Series, get on it. I keep, I keep thinking that there's... I know the tournaments start, or the, I think, coming back. I don't know. They're, I'm having a hard time getting any real information as far as, like, upcoming fight cards or when the tournament starts, but uh, I don't care. I, I just... Uh, I'm on board. This is this is awesome. Speaking of which, <clears throat> there was a fight card February 25th um, on the Ratchet Emnarn World Series. Uh, Nadaka Iwa Sports Gym. And uh, he fought uh, Katakin. Katakin? I, I can't remember. I don't know how to pronounce that name. But anyway. Uh, so this kid, young kid, 22 years old from Japan, uh, head kicked this guy. Just just kicked his head clean off. Like, this, this poor Thai ate this. So he tried it once, uh, head kick, uh, the Japanese guy, Nakata, and it it didn't it didn't land, but it landed weird. Like you know, the defense was off. He threw it a second time, <clears throat> and again, it was it was looking a little weird. And then there's a video where you can hear his corner yell "head kick," and just blasts this dude dead. Like he falls down. I'm sure he was the one out on a stretcher, uh, or he was. I can confirm that he he fell down and like the refs pulling out his mouth guard and stuff. And you can see his eyes like 
it's not that he's looking around. His eyes are just open. But, like, there is nobody home. Nobody home. Uh, boy, that was a horrendous one. Speaking of which, so I never heard of this kid. And that's what I'm liking, by the way, about all this. The, the one Lumpini fights, which we'll talk about real quick. <clears throat> Jeez, I'm sorry, guys. And, uh... Uh, some like all these fights, they can't be all the same superstars that we're used that we're used to kind of seeing. You know, once a month, once every two, three months, whatever. Uh, if you're gonna hold fight cards every month, you, you got to have the fighters. So I love that I'm learning about all these new fighters to watch. Um, God, it's so such a good time to be a Muay Thai fan, hey? Anyway, so Nakata, by the way, is on a 20 fight win streak. This kid is 22 years old, five foot four, 115 ish pounds, southpaw. Uh, 44 wins, six losses with 28 KOs. So this guy's putting people to sleep. Uh, lots of sort of like if my ish, you know, I just always, it's just kind of the standard, right? Amateur uh, world titles all over the place. Um, WMC world champ, WBC world and Nikonom Tom champ, uh, IBF Muay Thai world champ, Rajadamnarn, uh, mini flyweight world champ, I'm sorry, champ, uh, Lumpini champ. So this kid, oh man, he certainly at least got a statement that went viral on uh, February 25th. But apparently this kid's the future and we can watch him. So can't wait. Um, the ne- uh, So yeah, next one. I can't remember that. I thought they had a big matchup. I see uh, Lamna Moonlek, who is also the uh, one of the winners of the last season's uh, Rajad Amnon World Series tournament. I think they said he's fighting March 25th. So again, guys, listen, just keep an eye on these things. The fights are awesome. And, and Half the time, I just see a fight, and then I recognize the fighters, and I see blood everywhere, and I'm like, wait, when did this happen? You find out it's like three days ago at Rajad Emron Stadium. So just keep an eye on it, guys. There's lots of awesome fights there. Okay, speaking of which, let's talk about the... Uh, I don't know if they're officially calling this anymore. Um, oh, sorry, guys, I decided to pause and really try to clear some phlegm there. Um, one lo- The One Lumpini shows. So I don't know if, if they stopped calling them that, or now they're called like One fight night or one Friday fight night or one Friday fight or something like that? Or am I talking about two, two different things? I don't know. Listen, it's hard to keep track and I love it. I love that I'm having such a hard time. Matter of fact, I was thinking about this. I'm thinking about maybe shortening some of these episodes and uh, just getting more of the, the events out. Like maybe we, instead of, you know, waiting to build up some events to talk about, I was thinking, shit, maybe I should just keep this podcast a little bit shorter and let's just when there's a kick-ass event, while we're excited, let's get on the blower and talk about it. But I don't know, you guys tell me. Anyway, uh, let's move on. Well, so one Lumpini. So this happened, uh, or, or one Friday, one fight Friday. Uh, I'm not sure. I'll figure it out. Oh, I wrote it down, actually. One Friday fights. One Friday fights. Uh, so the ones that just happened, there was a couple big ones. So we had uh, Pep and Rai, uh, Singham Win versus Sagan Arm. Um, I think Jitwing Nun is where he's from. But uh, Pet Ben Rai... Sagan arm. That's a, that's, you know, there you go. Uh, dude, that was a wild fight. Wild fight. I've, I've said a few times that I, I prefer the traditional style of Thai boxing and I do, but I'm, I'm, I love these men. Round two was madness. Round two, these guys just got crazy. But I also like that there was a lot of Muay Thai, real Muay Thai in there as well. Like, like, like not just a pissing contest, you know, like I'm not saying they, these guys aren't real Muay Thai. You know what I'm saying? Um, that it's not just an absolute slugfest where you're trying to win 50 Gs as fast as you can. Um, that was a real fun fight. Uh, as well, we had uh, uh, Riddidet versus Ritnaka. And, and again, <laughs> uh, so that was right after the Pet Ben Rai fight. Uh, Riddidet and Ritnaka. And uh, right away, uh, uh, Ritnaka just starts throwing hands, like someone said, uh, if you don't win in the first 10 seconds, uh, I'm stealing your cars. Uh, and dropped uh, Riddy that, and anyway, those guys got after it. it. Ended up being a great fight, but holy jeez, you just come off that wild one with Pet Ben Rai, uh, and these guys just got after it right when the bell rang. I mean, there's an eight count like in the first ten seconds. F- another fun fight in the main event: uh, Rambolek versus Tiradet. Um, and, and again, I I know Pet Ben Rai. I, I might have seen. Rambolek fight once or twice before, but the reality is, if I have to say that, let's just say I don't know. So again, I, I get to learn some some names here. So anyway, um, this was the main event, and uh, man, uh, Rambolek, it's it's all over YouTube. Just finishes the fight. I think it was beginning right at the beginning of round two. Throws a left body hook and then follows with a crushing overhand right, like as picture perfect 
as you can get and just absolutely crushes uh Tiradet with it. It was it was awesome. Um I'll tell you, I, I, I've said this before, but I, I keep watching the game evolve a little bit, as well as like my thoughts on the the game evolving. But um boy, you're sure seeing less in these three round fights, a little bit less of the kicking game and a lot more of the punching game. I, I don't know if it's good or bad, but you can see that they're just able to slide these hands. You know, if 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 your guard's not tight, or I guess if you're going to stand still, they're going to find a way to get those hands in. Uh, and I also just like the sneaky elbows. Lots of cool elbow setups. Lots of sneaky ways to get in, slam an elbow, and then get out of the way. Because now you can you have wrist control, right? You can grab wrists. You can use your hands a little more. Uh, as well as you don't want to eat four four ounce gloves. So if you want to get close enough to not uh, not get punched, you're going to have to be a little sneaky. So I I like this game that. Uh, being evolved. I mean, I'm an old man, so I get to say these things. This this uh, game evolving before my eyes um, with the four-ounce gloves and the new rule set and, and the shorter rounds and all that good stuff. So one Friday fights or one Lumpini, whatever it was on Friday morning. Uh, again, uh, just an, uh, another cracker of fights. Oh, sh Nikes as well. Uh, I posted it on my uh, on the Shadow Podcast Instagram. That big, big MMA, those big dudes fighting MMA. But get that shit out of Lumpini, by the way. Anyway, um, dude, this big, big black guy picks up this chubby white guy and everybody was like, oh, you know, heavyweight, they're heavyweight. Who cares? Right. But people not, not as maybe familiar were like, why is he so chubby? Why is he so chubby? It's like, he's heavyweight. Like, who cares? Right. They're, they're all, you know, a good percentage of them are carrying a little bit extra, but who cares? Just watch him fight, dude. And this guy picks him up and, uh, I can't remember his name and slams him so hard. Let me, uh, I, I want to do this some justice. I don't just want to call him the white guy and the black guy. Give me a sec here. <laughs> but uh, just, I mean, knocked him out. And and not only did he do that, but when he picked him up and slammed him, and he was he was huge. Like, these are these are big, big, big boys. Uh, his feet left the ground, so he just absolutely planted so hard on that guy. Uh, I'm just running through some good old-fashioned Instagram here. Here it is. Um Lawrence Phillips, Lawrence Phillips with the slam. Oh, dude, I'm just watching it again. Like, just just drives his shoulder into his sternum, and Buddy was out immediately. Like, oh, God, that's, you know, listen, a head kick knockout suck and punches in the face, you know, whatever, but there's something about a slam that's just gross. Oh, oh, uh, When I got to commentate there, uh, uh, boy, Devin Littleshields versus F.A. Kaliskan um, out in the uh, Sutina there. The summer show, uh, the out outdoor show, um, F.A. got knocked out with a slam, too. And you could see that that uh, uh, F.A. Kalisan from from the one in Toronto. F.A. Kalisan. Sorry, buddy. Um, from Devin. And Devin had his forearm in his neck. And same thing, just drove him into the mat. I don't know what it is, man. There's, some, there's something about slams that just... <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, coming up here. As well as uh, uh, so one Friday fights. Um, uh, the only one I could find, though, Lumpini, <clears throat> excuse me, Lumpini Stadium, March seventeenth. Uh, the only one that they have announced is uh, the Immortal, Regian Ursel versus Sinsumut Klinmi, the Aquaman. Uh, Ursel, thirty years old, fighting out of Sitong uh, in Amsterdam, from originally from Suriname, six foot two and a half. I don't know why that's on there. Who cares? Uh, again, 170-ish pounds, because, uh, again, maybe willing to go up or down. Uh, 59 wins, 4 losses, 25 KOs. He's the one lightweight Muay Thai and kickboxing world champ and has defended uh, uh, the four-time defending kickboxing world champ as well as lion fight world champ. Um, this rematch is from October, so these guys just fought not that long ago uh, for the title, uh, the Muay Thai title, where Ursel won by split decision. Uh, he's fought uh, Nikki Holtzkin twice, Brad Riddell, UFC standout, Jamal Yusupov, who... Was the unfortunate other side of uh, uh, Chai and you know got leg kicked and well couldn't walk. Fight was over. Uh, Jake Purdy, uh, Joe Nuttawat, and Cosmo Alexandre. <clears throat> By the way, that that fight real quick, Jamal Jamal Yusupov. Um, yeah, these are from usually students or people. Um, like and again, not throwing shade. We were all we were all there, or or there now. Um, who just aren't as developed or or invested in the fight game and and so i'm getting a lot of our sort of uh newer people maybe to, to sort of becoming hardcore and i hope the shadow podcast can help you with that get a little more familiar um you know oh he just took that kick man you know he you know he broke his femur or he uh you know he he didn't hurt that bad he didn't want to be there like <sighs> jamal yusupov is a bad man he ended the reign of yodson clive fairtax 
Um, he's Russian. Um, do I need to say any more? <laughs> Listen, he, it's leg kicks are one of those things that sometimes when you it hits you in that weird, it, you can eat a million, and then maybe you eat one, and it just shuts you down. That it happens. It's normal, and uh, I, I not that it happened to me in a fight, but I I you know I, I remember being a visitor at a sparring thing and. The first kick I ate, uh, I couldn't walk after that, right behind the knee, and everybody was like, dude, I, I thought you were pretty good. <laughs> it felt bad, but you just kind of had the same thing. Like, well, I don't know what to say. I, I, you hit me in a weird spot, and now I can't walk, and I feel like I have the world's worst Charlie horse from a quite light kick. Don't know what to tell you. Now, I wouldn't call Tamwin Chai's kick light by any means, but what I'm trying to say is, listen, that that can just simply happen. That's just how it goes. It can happen. So, uh, anyway... Uh, about 27 years old from Thailand, six foot, 170 ish pounds. And mostly, I see him mostly training out of Venom Muay Thai, but I think that's kind of new. 86 wins, 16 losses. Uh, and he's fought KO, very popular Liam Nolan. That was a great KO. KO'd Nikki Holtzkin. I think that's how he got his original title shot with, uh, Rigian. And, uh, as well as fought Islam, uh, Mertazeev, who's a, you know, real good, I was gonna say bad, good, but you know what I mean? Bad man. Uh, as well, he's a wild man. Sinsamut is 1-0 in BKFC. Out there fighting bare knuckle. So that's the only fight I can see on the 17th. That's announced for this card. But uh, I'll tell you what, man. That'd be cool if they put both their titles up online. And while I'm reading my notes here, um, not throwing shade, a genuine curiosity, Lion Fight. Uh, is is Lion Fight still going? I, I, I just don't know. I, uh, I guess I could just look as well and, and whatnot, but... I haven't heard anything from Lion Fight in a very long... I just thought of that. I haven't heard from them in a long time. So, I don't know. I guess I'm going to do some little research, see if Lion Fight's still around. Uh, okay. Uh, just to finish our little MMA portion here, Across the Pond, uh, Super Showdown 5. Uh, I, I follow them. I, I love the UK scene as well. So, I'm... Uh, uh, it's our Australian scene. I'm big into the UK scene. But I'll tell you what, the UK scene, even the Australian scene for that matter, it's th those things, are, they're so big, in, especially the UK, and so many fights, it's, it's freaking hard to keep track of events and whatnot. And, but uh, so Super Showdown 5, Nico Carrillo, uh, I believe, is either a two-time or two-different weight class uh, world title win. Um, um, then that kid, that kid, well, kid, I call him kid. He's absolute savage. And uh, I just assume that guy's going to collect nothing but belts here. Um, Joe Ryan, young Joe Ryan, uh, he fought Omar Samb. Uh, for a European WBC title. I think Joe Ryan's only 19 years old. Uh, Chris mentioned him many, many podcasts ago, just about you know him being beautiful technique, up-and-comer. Uh, I hear there's a lot of controversy if you watch this fight where Joe Ryan uh, elbows his opponent behind the head and they were sort of complaining and that's why the fight went the way it did or whatever. Sorry, coffee break. But, uh, oh, you can go watch it. You can go watch it on Super Showdown Instagram or anybody else's, probably Instagram. Um, that elbow wouldn't, first of all, I think it was kind of on the neck. Was it behind the neck? Yeah, maybe a little bit. But when you, when you turn your head the other way, like completely and sort of shift your gear, you're, you're really exposing the back of your neck, your head to that elbow. So, um, was it at the same time, was an elbow thrown as somebody turned their head? Yeah. Or for the most part, yeah. Especially in the heat of the battle, you probably wouldn't even notice, but, um, I don't know, legal as far as I'm concerned. And Joel Ryan... He's a bad mamma jamma. He's going to win lots of titles. Uh, also, some old school fighters on here. Uh, John O'Chip Chase. I like him uh, from the UK fighting Paul Kapowitz. I like him too. So Paul Kapowitz fought Nate Smanich. Uh, shout out to you, Nate, here in Calgary. 2010, I think. Long time ago. And man, he is every... I'm, I'm sure he does have fundamentals, but... When he's in there fighting, he is everything but classic fundamentals. You are seeing some crazy shit. And uh, he fought uh, John O'Chip Chase, who's just just a hardened dude and you know, uh, just wants to go to war and, and as well himself. Uh, these guys are very good fighters, but uh, maybe, maybe willing to let loose of a little bit of technique to go to war. Like if you're willing to stand still and go to war, he's willing to play that lottery with you, you know, roll the dice with you. I love that. Uh, big fan of John O'Chip Chase and Paul Kapowitz. But I have to admit, uh, so Paul Kapowitz won, uh, good fight. I gotta tell you though, I love the tricks and and it's cool, right? Looks like some shit from Bloodsport. But I'm a fundamentals guy. I just I'm not I'm not saying Paul Kapowitz doesn't have fundamentals. I just wish we got to see them a little more. He's very flashy. I mean, 
it's like it's like almost everything that he does, like the entire fight is is something you're hoping you could pull off once or twice every forty fights. <laughs> so it was super talented. Uh, but a good fight. That that was a uh, a good fight card. I did see that Joe Ryan was supposed to fight Sandy Dahlbeck, but uh, unfortunately Sandy couldn't make that fight happen. So anyway, there's your. Uh, as you can hear me throwing my paper. There's my uh, Muay Thai news for now. Let's quickly move on to some boxing real quick. Um, I don't have a lot of boxing talk. Don't worry here. All right, guys. So fresh off the press as of maybe like two hours ago. Sounds like Errol Spence. Errol Spence and uh, I just want to call him Bud Crawford. Terrence Bud Crawford. Uh, sounds like they've agreed to a money split on this fight here. So negotiations are back uh, underway. It sounds like Spence right now has a fight lined up with Keith Thurman, but... Um, um, we'll see it, it. People are thinking while that fight's lined up and then Terrence Bud Crawford was supposed to fight somebody else. I can't remember his name, Alexis something shoots on tip my tongue. Anyway, uh, uh, Bud Crawford straight up. Just like, I don't want this stupid fight. Like I don't even want the fight with, with his, his, I guess it would be maybe mandatory opponent. I don't know. Like he wants to fight with Crawford. I'm sorry, with Spence, uh, man, those names. So I don't know, but uh, uh, what's his name there? You know who I'm talking about. Timothy Bradley. Timothy Bradley. Uh, fighter. He was, he was the guy that was in the corner for the fireman speech with uh, Teddy Atlas. We're firemen. We, we live in the fire. Greatest speech of all time. Um, Timothy Bradley, terrible commentator. No offense, Mr. Bradley. Um, I just feel like yeah, it doesn't matter, <laughs> but... Uh, he just said he doesn't think this fight happens. Spence doesn't want any of Crawford, and he's going to do whatever he can to not make it happen. However, when you have uh, Inoue coming up, and he's got to fight Fulton, uh, he's got a fight coming up too. He's like, these guys are coming up the rear, man. They're going to watch you. So, you, so pretty soon, uh, okay, that was a bit of a weird sentence. Coming up the rear, they're going to watch you. Let me redo that. Uh, they're going to fight, and they're probably going to be moving up, looking for the big fights, looking for the big paydays, and he's going to be there. So Timothy Bradley's whole thing was, pretty soon you're going to be a rock and a hard place, pal. You better figure out what fight you want. Of course, everybody wants that fight. Anyway, sounds like negotiations are back on. Uh, Katie Taylor versus Amanda Serrano has been postponed due to Serrano injury. It sounded like... So their first fight was in Madison Square Garden, and it was phenomenal. Phenomenal women's fight card. Uh, Like the best I've ever seen. The crowd was good. The excitement was good. The fights were good. Very good. That was phenomenal. Uh, Let alone at Madison Square Garden. Well done. Uh... But it sounds like they were trying to have, they were having problems with the uh, fight number two here. Um, just, I don't know if it was logistics or cost or anything, but word on the street is they were going to do it in Ireland and they couldn't make it happen, blah, blah, money, money. But Conor McGregor was going to put up just a shitload of money to make that fight happen. So I'm not really a Conor fan, but good for you. Good for you on that there, Conor. But it's off in the meantime. Amanda Serrano was hurt. I'd love to see that fight. That was a great first fight. Go watch it. Um,. March 25th, Caleb Plant versus David Benavidez. This is if if you're if you're a hardcore boxing fan, in my opinion, this is this is exciting. Um, I think it's flying under the radar. I think this this fight has potential to be fucking unbelievable. I this is this is one of those fights, in my opinion, where um, um, two guys could easily not fight each other and and maybe you know make some money, pad their record, get, get a couple more viral clips out there, and they're choosing to not do that and, and go to war. So I. I'm going to, um, God, I don't actually, boy, who's going to win? I don't know. I'm going to say David Benavidez, but I'm cheering for Caleb Plant. I really like Caleb Plant. I've said it before. I like his style. I, I like his demeanor. Um, you know, sweet hands indeed. That's his nickname. Um, I'm cheering for Caleb Plant, but I think David Benavidez will win. Okay. Uh, April 27th as well. The, uh, Ryan Garcia and Javante Tank Davis fight. Um, I know these guys have been circling the wagon for a while. I think if I read this right, uh, Tank is going to jail after this fight. <laughs> like, <laughs> Jesus. Um, I'll tell you what. I want Tank Davis to win. I don't like Ryan Garcia. But Tank, I, I'm not a big fan of you either. So no, no offense, guys. But uh, I'm just not a fan of Ryan Garcia. I thought for me... I, I, I definitely judge books by covers. I, I admit it. I'm, I'm bad at that. Um, and, and I hold bias until you prove me wrong. Case in point. Uh, Tyler Ninja Nicholson. Okay, case in point. Um, I will judge a book by its cover, but I, I'm, I'm willing to change that cover. Or however cool sentence you want to make that. Anyway. Uh, 
the fact that Ryan Garcia hasn't been very active, talking, chirping, all sorts of shit, and then is fighting pretty much people we haven't heard of. Um, okay, who cares? But the fact that you couldn't cut it at Canelo's camp, that to me says everything. Uh, whether you got kicked out or whether you left, um, what I know of Canelo, what I've heard of Canelo is, yes, he's hard to deal with because he's a businessman and he gets his way. So I would imagine if you're part of that camp, you're going to have to be disciplined. You're going to have to keep your mouth shut and you're just going to have to grind. And uh, I'm just guessing. I don't actually know. But I'm just under the impression that uh, because of that, I think Ryan Garcia is undisciplined is I guess what I'm saying. He might not be. I'm just, I'm, I'm basing it purely off that. He wants it his way. He knows what's best. And uh, what does Canelo know, right? And uh, he's going to do his thing. So uh, good luck, boys. I will be cheering for Tank for sure, but I don't, I'm not a fan of either. Uh, okay, June 10th. Now, this is a long way away, but I did want to talk about this as well. June 10th, Josh Taylor, the Tartan Tornado. Very polarizing. I'm a big fan, but uh, uh, yeah, his last fight, and don't get me wrong, he, he did some mucking about here uh, where he shouldn't have won that fight and then, you know, against uh, Jack Cantrell and changing weight classes and, now, you know, there's no rematch. And anyway, but he's going to fight Teofimo Lopez. Uh, great fight, in my opinion, for Josh Taylor. I think Teofimo Lopez is a little bit lost right now um, with his career as a fighter. That's all. That's, I'm not, I don't know nothing about nothing. Who the hell am I to talk? But uh, just inconsistent, even if he's winning, just inconsistencies. You see them in the ring, and uh, I'm, I'm going to cheer for Josh Taylor. I think that's a great one. And he's a southpaw, and I love his punch selection. Man. His right hand is just as good as the left hand. He's unbelievable. Uh, and just before we're out of here, uh, Jake Paul versus Tommy Fury. So I know I called this thing a clown show, but I, and, I, and I said I would watch it. I'm, I, I may or may not have paid for it. Give me one sec. I may or may not have paid for that fight, but uh, uh, hey, listen, it was a good fight. If uh, For those who watched Roy Jones Jr. and Mike Tyson, and you thought you were going to get Roy Jones and Mike Tyson of the 90s, I, uh, I shake my head at you. Why would you expect that? Those guys did exactly what I thought they would. They would dance around a little. They would, they would reminisce and, and maybe, maybe show that there, there's still a little bit of youth in there and uh, have fun. And I didn't expect much different from this Jake Paul-Tommy Fury fight. These guys have, like, what, 15 fights combined? I have no idea about their amateur. I assume Jake Paul has zero. Tommy Fury might have a couple, but I just just by looking at him in the ring, I assume not much. So with a couple guys with, uh, you know, sort of six, seven fights to their name, what, what, I, what I guess I saw in that fight was uh, uh, neither, guy, neither guy really wanted to lose either way, right? It didn't matter if it was for a world title. When you look at all the uh, social media and all that stuff, like you know, that's a lot of pressure those guys put on themselves. Neither of them want to lose that fight, you know. Like, and you saw that. I thought that was really good. That neither, neither guy wanted to give an inch. And uh, Tommy Fury, I, I kind of thought clearly won that fight. But uh, I know they're talking in the immediate rematch. But I don't know. Does this does this end Jake Paul? And now here, Tommy Fury, by the way, is WBC ranked. Jesus, what the hell world do we live in? Oh man. And I posted something, too, that those guys did, like, 775,000 buys. Give me one sec here, guys. I, I, I'm not sure if you saw that. I'll find it real quick here. But let me tell you, what, what does that tell you about uh, just just the world that we live in? And I'm not saying it's a bad, these kids nowadays. Right? I'm not saying it's bad. But uh, sorry, guys, I'm just going to find it. it it's, it's just different, right? Here we go. Um... Here we go. Last last week's encounter between Tommy Fury and Jake Paul achieved a total of 775,000 pay-per-view buys. To put that into perspective, Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder only had 320,000. Like, oh. I see. Somebody just wrote, what's the source? I'm like, oops, I didn't check that. Who cares? I don't check most of these sources. Anyway, um... That's unbelievable. Like, no wonder these YouTube guys, it's not even about the, like, to take me with a grain of salt, I guess. But it's it's not even about the, uh, uh, it's not even about the fighter, right? Like, you, when you think of, like, video games like Fight Night. Um, oh, shit, I got to get going here. I got a doctor's appointment. Three. But anyway, um, 
I'm having fun talking to you guys. When you think of uh, uh, like the video game Fight Night, I know that's a funny um, or shit, even like thrill of the fight on the uh, Oculus there. You start in like, you know, a gym. You fight guys in the gym and there's two people watching and then you fight in the gym and there's 10 people watching. Then you go to a little hall and there's 100 people. You know, you work your way up, but that's gone. You know, like fighting, fighting and promoting are apples and oranges, two different beasts. If you're a fighter, you have you, you don't know shit about promotion for the most part. Like, you know, for the most part. You're too busy worried about what you got to do. Promoters, they're either former fighters and they're, they're done with that, or they've never fought and they're just promoters. Um, so it's it, I guess what I'm getting at is the days of earning your stripes to sell 775,000 pay-per-views is gone. You earn your stripes by how much money you have. And I'm pretty sure that's the reason we all, for the most part, we all have beef with this clown show, right? Like, you haven't earned your stripes, guy. All you've done is paid your way there. But who cares? Back to the fight. It was pretty good. Tommy Free working the jab half decently. Jake Paul trying to land that signature right hand and just, you know, good fight. Good fight for what I expected. Wasn't a world title fight by any means. But uh, entertained me enough. Okay, guys. That brings us to the end. So we had a little... uh Breakdown of uh, the UFC, little uh, MMA talk, a little Muay Thai talk, a little boxing talk. Not bad. Uh, as we get closer to the Muay Thai World Cup, fighters, if you're out there, I'll tell you what, I'll even try to figure out how to zoom this thing. I, I just got this brand new equipment, but, you know, forget. We'll, we'll figure it out. I don't know. If you want to if you want to be on here, you want to talk, let's do it. Um, okay. Like I said, guys, seminar. I'm going to try to make a seminar happen with Vinny Shorman. I'm going to get on that right away. I'm going to see if we can get Kieran on here to talk about the matchups or, or just the event coming up for the Muay Thai World Cup. Maybe post-show, pre or post. That'd be great. Um, yeah. All right, guys. It's Monday. Enjoy your week. Just a fun little talk about fighting. Um, if you're a nerd like I am, we can always just appreciate that, right? All right, guys. Enjoy your week. But if